0: Greatest story ever told. <laughs> Today we present He That Is Faithful, a drama inspired by a teaching set forth in the 16th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke. A teaching from the greatest life. The city of Tiberias, being the capital city of Galilee, is the place where one can find the finest artisans of the province. And of all the crafts which are practiced in Tiberias, none has reached a higher degree of skill than fine carpentry and wood craftsmanship. And among the men responsible is the carpenter, Silas, considered one of the most promising of the younger men. Now, we find Silas in his shop. And as he works, Silas speaks to his young son. Are you seeing, Mason. The thing that makes a fine piece of work is that every detail is taken into account.
1: You saw how carefully I worked on the wooden planks themselves. How each had to be of uniform thickness and smoothness. You saw all that, didn't you?
2: Yes, Father. The part I liked best was when you began to carve the design into the wood. I'd like to be able to do that someday.
1: And you will, son. If you pay attention to what I tell you now. Remember that as much care must go into fashioning the wooden pegs as went into the carving, so that when the chest is joined together, the pegs will be even and won't protrude above the surface. Yes, sir. Oh, and another thing. I just Yes, sir. Is there something we can do for you? If you are the carpenter, Silas... I am, sir, and what is it you wish? A strong wooden chest that will stand the rigors of travel? Believe me, Silas, I have heard of your fine reputation. And if it were woodworking that I was interested in, I would have come here, too. However, permit me to introduce myself. I am Fanuel, the merchant whose reputation you no doubt know. Fanuel of Tiberius. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, indeed, and... There is something I can do for you. After having made quite intensive efforts to find a certain very old silver cup, information has come to me that you are the owner of that heirloom. Is that true? Oh, oh, that! I didn't think anybody knew about that. Then it is true that one of the few surviving utensils of the original temple of Jerusalem is in your possession. Yes, sir. It is said that when the Athenians ransacked the temple hundreds of years ago, this this silver chalice, which had been used at the altar, was somehow saved by one of the priests. But uh, just why you're interested, I don't understand. Several weeks ago, when I was a guest at a feast in the palace, a mention was made of this heirloom, and King Herod seemed very much interested. I said to myself, if it is possible to find it, the king shall have it as a gift. And now, fortunately, it is possible. Well, sir, I'm afraid you're here under a mistaken impression, for I could not sell you this chalice. Come, come, man. That's your strategy for building up the price, to say the cup is not available for sale. Well, what I'm trying to tell you is that though the cup is in my possession, it doesn't belong to me. You have the cup, and yet it is not yours? Well, well you see, sir, it came about this way. The real owner, a boyhood friend of mine, was forced to undertake a voyage of long duration, rather than take the chalice with him and risk the loss of it, he entrusted it to me and I'd kept it. So you see, sir, it'd be quite impossible for me to sell you what belongs to another man. If my information is correct, this chalice has been in your possession for seven years now. Is that true? Yes, sir. Well, I fail to understand. Do you mean to tell me that your friend has been gone from here for seven years? Yes, sir. Have you heard from him at all? Well, not for three years, sir. I see. Then in all likelihood, your friend is lost. Dead, most likely. Well, if Michael were alive, I'm sure I would have heard from him. Well, in that case, if you have every reason to believe the man is dead, surely you might be willing to sell the chalice to me at a very good price. Well, I'm very sorry, sir. The chalice was entrusted to me, and I shall keep it for my friend. And if he never returns? I'm sorry, sir. A trust is a trust as far as I'm concerned. I see. I see. Well, perhaps time will change your mind. And in order to give you something to think about, I will tell you now that I'd intended to pay for this chalice in gold. Twenty pieces of gold. Twenty pieces of gold? Yes, Silas. So it might do you some good to think about that. Well, good day. Good day, my friend. Peace be with you.
2: Father. You think he was telling the truth when he said he would give 20 pieces of
0: gold?
1: My son, it doesn't make any difference whether it was 20 pieces or 200. The chalice is not ours to sell. It's only ours to keep safe. Remember that. Son, I want to show you how a peg is driven into a piece of wood so the surface is completely smooth. Here, now watch. But,
2: Father, first listen to
1: me, please. (laughs) All right, my son. Something seems to have excited you very greatly. What is it?
2: Mother sent me. There's word that the master will be here today.
1: The master? Well, that is something to become excited about. And Mother wishes us to return home as soon as possible, eh? So she can pack some food and we can set out at once to greet him and hear him teach.
2: Yes, Father.
1: And so we will, my son. But there's a piece of work I must finish first But I'll work quickly And we'll be on our way home before you know it Yes, Father. All right, now, son, watch this Now, the trick is to drive the peg into the wood Without splitting the top In that way, when I've rubbed some wax over it It'll form a perfectly smooth surface Now, watch There You see? Now that you've seen the way it's done Slowly, I'll show you how quickly a man can work Now, you just watch me another one.
2: Father, please be
1: careful. Oh, don't worry about me, my son. In fact, just watch. Sometimes it's possible for a man to drive a peg with one stroke of a mallet. Just watch. Now.
2: Oh. Father!
1: It's all right. It's all right, my son.
2: Father, look. Your hand is bleeding.
1: Get me the water bucket.
2: Yes, Father. Here. Here, I have it. Here, Father, put your hand in this. Yes,
1: cold water will stop the
2: pain.
1: You'll see. Does it feel any better, Father? Oh, yes. Yes, Nathan. It feels much better. Now, look, there's nothing for you to worry about.
2: the bleeding hasn't stopped,
1: Father. Well, I'll I'll wrap a cloth around it and the bleeding will stop. You'll see. There. Now, come, lad. Mother wanted us home quickly, didn't she? Well, come. We'll we'll start home now. hurt, I can tell. oh no, please, dear. Be silly not to expect it to hurt. After all, there was a great deal of force behind that blow.
2: Silas, look. There is the master now. Yes, Mara. It is wonderful to see him again, isn't it, Mother? Yes, Nathan. To stand in his presence is somehow to feel new and clean and reborn. All right, Nathan.
1: Mara, be still now. for I think he is ready to begin his teaching. that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own?
2: Nathan, Silas, now that the teaching is over for a while, let us sit here beneath this tree. We will have our midday meal and listen to the master's followers sing. And it will be a day for all of us to remember.
1: You're right, my dear. Come, this is a good place. The tree will shield us from the sun and we'll have our meal.
2: Here, Silas, you break the bread and I will pour out some milk for Nathan and. Oh. oh, I'm sorry, Silas. You cannot do it, can you? And
1: why can't I? Because of this hand? The pain isn't so great. Here. I will show you. <laughs> no, Mara. But perhaps you'd better break it. My my hand will need a day or two to heal.
2: Yes, dear. Of course. A day or two.
1: taken to talking to yourself, Cyrus? Oh, Abner, H- how long have you been standing there? Oh, just for a few moments. i have just finished a fine pottery vase. still on the wheel, and I'm allowing it to harden. So I took a little time off to relax. What's the matter, Cyrus? Uh, nothing. There's nothing the matter. Your hand covered with a bandage, you're not able to do your work as you should, and there's nothing the matter... Come now, Silas, you're talking to an old friend. Yes. Yes, Abner, it would be foolish of me to try to deceive you. I can't work. Not until my hand gets better, and it hurts. It hurts very much. Oh, surely a physician will be able to give you some herb mixture which will relieve the pain. Abner, I have been to a physician. He said something. Something that disturbed me very much. What was it? Well, he said that usually these things healed well, that the bones knit... That the use of a hand is restored. Well, that's good news, isn't it? Not the way he said it. He said... He said usually. As though he thought this was an unusual case. Then you think... I may not recover the use of this hand, don't you see, Abner? Don't you see what it would mean to a man like me for my work? A man needs two good, strong hands, and if I don't have them... Well, come now, Silas. Give nature a chance to heal this hand. And instead of staying here torturing yourself with doubts and trying to do work that you know you cannot do in your present condition, Mm -hmm. go home. I can't go home. Oh, you don't want Mara to know. Well, Silas, if you must remain here in the shop, don't try to do anything that is beyond your capacity to do. It will only make you more discouraged. Now, just relax. Give the hand a chance to rest. Heel. You're right, Adler. I will do that.
2: Well, Silas, how do things go in the shop?
1: Oh, fair. As well as can be expected.
2: And your hands?
1: the pain is almost completely gone. In in fact, now it hurts only when the weather's bad. Otherwise, the pain is gone.
2: But can you use it properly?
1: Well, it'll take a little time to have movement fully restored. Silas,
2: you need not try to fool me. Your work does not go well. For when it did, you would come and describe to me what you had done during the day. You haven't done that in some weeks now. In fact, ever since your hand was injured. Please, Silas, be honest with me. For you do not protect me by not telling me. Silas.
1: No, it hasn't gone well. In fact, if you would know the truth, I've not been able to make anything that was saleable in all these weeks. Silas. What if we lived on? The little we'd saved. And now that's gone.
2: Now what will happen
1: try something else. Something I've been thinking about, Mara. Perhaps the boy will be my left hand. Perhaps if I tell him how to hold things, how to move them, he'll be able to do what my left hand has always done. Mara, tomorrow, the boy will not go to the temple school. He he will come with me to the shop and we'll see if it can work that way.
2: Of of course.
1: It's not good to deprive a boy of education, Mara. I know that, but... In an emergency now, a desperate emergency.
2: In time of need, a family must be strong together, must sacrifice together. The boy will go with you tomorrow. Now,
1: Nathan. The first thing to do is plane this wood to a fine, smooth surface. Now, you've seen me do it often. Yes, sir. Now, unfortunately, I cannot use both hands. Yet it's necessary to exert a certain amount of force and pressure. So you will help me, Nathan. You and I together will move the blade across the wood. Now, well, like this. I put my hand here, you put yours here. Now press down. And as I say move, we'll push it across the surface of the wood. Uh, do you understand? Yes, sir. All right now. You, you press down too hard. Uh, you, you see, the blade is cut into the wood instead of moving across to smooth it. Now, let's try again. Now, move. No, Nathan, no. Now there's too little pressure. You see, the wood is practically untouched. It would never get smooth this way. Never, Nathan. You said to do it
2: with less, less pressure. I, I tried. I did. I... All right. All
1: right, it's not, it's not your fault. should never be disappointed when an impossible thing cannot be done. This is work which takes one brain, one pair of hands. But I had to try it. I had to see.
2: Father, what will happen now?
1: I don't know, son. But there's work a man can get that doesn't require skill. Yes, on unloading goods from the backs of camels. camel, a man can do that without any special skill... Yes, we'll we'll get along somehow. Sir, are you the steward and overseer of this enterprise? I am. And what can I do for you? Well, well, sir, do you need a strong man to help unload goods from the backs of camels to store them in the storehouse to do any kind of work like that? Well, you don't look big enough or strong enough. It takes a powerful man. Oh, I am strong enough, sir. I have very strong arms and shoulders from the kind of work I've done before. you don't have to speculate about it. Here, look. Look at my arms.
0: Well, they are muscular.
1: You're a very deceptive-looking man. Perhaps I can find work for you. In fact, I... Well, what's wrong with your hand? Well, it was injured, but it won't matter, sir. Won't it? When you're carrying something on your shoulder and the weight shifts and you have to reach up and steady it with your hand, what will you do then, eh? Now, I'm sorry. In this work, a man needs two good hands. I'm sorry. Yes, sir, I understand. I understand. Come on, you man. Back to work. Back to work. Gabriel. Gabriel.
0: Oh, uh, yes, sir. Uh, Yes, Fanioli, is uh, there some change of orders? No,
1: keep the men at their work. I just wanted to ask you something. That man who was just here, what did he want? Work. Work is a hauler of goods. Uh, Are you sure? Oh, yes, sir. I spoke to him myself. Very odd. I know that man. He's a fine carpenter. One of the best in Tiberias. Why would he want work as a hauler? Because he has a bad hand, sir. His left one, injured, seems to be useless. Oh, I see. That's very interesting. I must go and call on him at once. Circumstances seem to have played into my hand. in this shop, is there? I am here. What do you want? Well, Silas, perhaps you remember me. Why, no. Oh, yes. Wait. You're the merchant, Fanny, the man who wanted to buy that chalice from me. That's right, and now I'm back still wanting to buy it, if it's for sale. And it's not for sale. And if you heard otherwise, you heard nothing but lies. I must admit I did not hear otherwise, but I suspected that what was not available before is available now. Considering things? Considering what? Well, a carpenter with one bad hand. A man who sought work in the marketplace as a common hauler of goods. Could not get it. How did you know that? One of the places you came to was mine. You spoke to my steward in the marketplace only this morning. Oh. See here, Silas, I will talk straight to you. You're in a bad way, I can tell. Your money must be gone. Else you would not have been seeking such work as you did this morning. Well, now is the time to have sense, to think of your family, their welfare. Now is the time to sell me that heirloom I want some. I'm sorry, but no. Look, I know that I could take advantage of you now, but I won't. My price is still the same. I'm sure I could force it low up. Twenty gold pieces, man. Twenty gold pieces. Oh, will you please leave here? A practical man, a man who cared about his family, would sell me the goblet now. I asked you to get out of here. Why, be stubborn. You need the money. I told you before, the goblet is not mine. It belongs to my friend, from whom you've not heard in three years. The man is dead. You know it. How can it belong to him now? Maybe he is dead. I don't know. But I have no right to sell what was his. A truck is a truck. One thing is clear. A fool is a fool. There's no doubt about that. I should be angry with such exaggerated loyalty. But I will not leave here without saying this. The price remains the same today. But tomorrow, it goes lower. And each day thereafter, the sooner you make up your mind, the better for you. Remember that when the food is scarce in the house. When each day that comes is worse than the one that went before. Just remember... That the price goes down each day.
2: Silas? Silas, is that you at the door? Yes, ma. Well, surely you are not going out now. So late. Or were you?
1: Yes, Mara. I was going out. I had an errand to do.
2: An errand? At this hour? Silas, what are you hiding there under your cloak? Oh, what difference does it make? Well, for one thing, you've never had any secrets from me before. Silas, what is it?
1: I couldn't hide it from you forever. Here.
2: The chalice? Michael's heirloom? What are you going to do with it?
1: The only thing I can do, sell it. Silas. Please, Mara, what'll we live on? Where'll we get food? Do you think I want to do this? Do you think I believe it's right to do it? But what choice have we?
2: Silas, remember the day we heard the master teach. He that is faithful in little is faithful in much.
1: You heard that. You believed it. Yes, and I believe it now. Except that so much happened to me since then. I'm a broken, useless man, Mara. There's there's nothing I can do to feed my family. Surely the teaching must take that into account. It must. I'm only doing what I have to do.
2: If if that's the way you feel, Silas,
1: I cannot stop you. Then let me go. Let me get this over with. (laughs) So it's you, Silas. Come in. Come in. I've been waiting for you. you'll finally come to your senses. Well, sit down here at the table and I'll fetch the money. Go on, sit down. Sit down. Here. Strong box that I keep at home. Never too much in it, but somehow always enough. Well, now, we said 20 pieces of gold, didn't we? You know, this afternoon, I didn't have much hope. But as evening came on, somehow, I knew that you'd be here. There's something about the darkness that sharpens men's fears. Something, I wonder, could it be that we feel the sun will never rise again? Could it be that? Please don't talk. Just get this over with. Of course, of course. Well, there are now, um, two more. Makes 20. And now, the goblet. I can't tell you how excited I am. I can just imagine what Herod will say when I present it to him. It was worth waiting for, Silas. Silas, don't sit there staring at the coins. Take them, take them. They're yours now, Silas. What is it? No. Now see. I here. will not sell it to you. But twenty pieces of gold is a small fortune, man. Think of oh, it. I don't then. care. Mara and Nathan, they were both there. They heard the words. They'd never forgive me, not for 20 pieces or 20,000. They'd never forgive me if I defied the Master's words. And what's worse, I could never forgive myself. Never. What are you talking about? You wouldn't understand. Just believe me when I say I can't do it. I can't be faithless to a trust, to something on which I've given my word, even though it means we starve. I can't do it. I'm sorry, sir. I can't give it to you, sir. Don't insist, please. Of course, Silas. I wouldn't take advantage of a man who feels as you do. You could never live with yourself if you did it. I can see that now. It's good of you to understand, and I'll let me go. I'm sorry I troubled you. It hasn't been a useless trouble, I can assure you. Sir. Silas, I've thought about you a great deal. From the first time I ever saw you, when you refused to sell the goblet. I thought then, the man has principles now, but time will change him. The thought of twenty pieces of gold will change him. Yet it didn't. Not even after you'd been through serious trouble. In fact, I must confess something to you. Confess. Though I expected you here this evening, I really didn't relish the idea that you had come. It seemed as though something would be destroyed. Something rare. The man's integrity. I was sorry about that because I respect integrity. I... I disappointed a number of people tonight, I'm afraid. I'll tell you this, Silas. I think it took more courage and integrity to refuse the money after you saw it. It must be tempting there on the table. Twenty pieces of gold. Enough to keep you and your family for some years. It took courage to turn away from it. It Took strength and integrity. One does not often find. And having found it, a man would be a fool to allow it to go unused and unrewarded. Sir. A man I could trust completely would be very valuable to me and my business, Silas. I'm afraid I'm not fit for money. If your hand is defective, surely your honesty is perfect. And the kind of work I have in mind for you does not require the use of your hands. You will assist me. You will be trusted with the details and secrets of my business. As only I know them. A position of such importance for me sir. You cannot know what it means... To find useful, important work to do against it. And you cannot know what it means to find a thoroughly honest and trustworthy man. But a man who could not be tempted under these circumstances will never yield to evil. And he is worthy of trust in important matters. Believe me. Why, why that's what the Master said. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is faithful in that which is least will be entrusted with much. For of all a man's possessions, his integrity is the most important.
0: On this same network at this time, we will present another episode in the greatest story ever told from the greatest life ever lived.